Hallelujah. Good evening. I'm going to try to be very, very slow. <laughs> In Nigeria, when we are preaching, we jump around, we do exercise, you know. Uh, but you are cool here. And I like it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you please do me a favor tonight, first and foremost, to thank my host, Pastor Gulak, and his wonderful wife, Pastor Mrs. Angela. They've been taking good care of me <laughs> since I came. I bring greetings from my wife, Lizzie, from Nigeria. I bring greetings from our church, Divine Love Gospel Ministries. is an associate church to yours. Um, anytime Pastor Gulak is preaching on television, they scroll the name of our church that people can go there because we are partners with him. Praise the living God. Uh, I'm here to visit, to share with you some of the testimonies of what God has been using the Art Fellowship to do in Nigeria and now in Africa and part of Asia. God has been using this church through the television ministries to bless our country. In fact, um, before I came, I had an excited testimony from the very heart of the terrorist region where a woman was listening to Pastor Gulak on television. A Muslim woman, she's a Muslim, her husband is a Muslim. Her father-in-law, Muslim. Mother-in-law, Muslim. Everybody Muslim in the headquarters of Islam in Nigeria, in Sokoto State. She watched the program. Her baby was sick in her hand. Then Pastor Gulak finished preaching, was saying over the television, if you are sick, put your hand where you are hurting. That's how you normally call it. Put your hand where you are hurting. <laughs> and uh, this Muslim woman placed her hand on her daughter. And she believed that God healed her. Then something happened to her as he was preaching. And she said, I must call Pastor Gulok." To tell him I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And she called the phone number on the screen. Behold, it was my number. Are you Pastor Gulak? I said, No, this is Pastor Solomon. He said, I've just watched your program. I am a Muslim. My husband is a Muslim. I'm hiding to make this call. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Is it possible? I say very simple. B 
believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Then I told her, God so loved the world. So, so. Can I hear you say so? When you're talking about so, it's unfathomable love. It's a deep love. Unimaginable love. Unsearchable love. So love that he gave. I said, if you can just believe in Jesus, Jesus will give you the power to become. He said, I'm ready. Then I prayed with her. I led her to Christ. She was so excited. She said, okay, Pastor Solomon, can you pray for my baby? My baby is sick. I said, lay that same hand again on your daughter. And I prayed with her, and the daughter got healing. And she was screaming. She said she wants to go to church. I said, look for any good church around you and go. That distance is like you are traveling from uh, Houston to uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, how do you call it? Los Angeles. It's a distance of about two days journey, three days journey from where I was to the headquarters of the Muslim state, the Sokoto state. And I prayed with her, and she was screaming. I was screaming, thanking God. I could not hold my joy. I called uh, Pastor Gulag that very day. I said, Pastor Gulag, a Muslim woman had just given her life to Christ through your broadcast. And I was so excited. Praise the living God. And uh, so many things. I'll be sharing with you more testimonies uh, later when I'm going to speak. But I bring greetings from Nigeria. And I want to thank you for your faith, for your dedication, for your sacrifices, for the work of God, for your contribution. I'm here to encourage you to know that that little thing you think you are doing here is going places. God is using this broadcast to heal people, to save people. A man called me from an island very far in the ocean. You cannot get there. If you're going to travel there by boat, you will probably take about seven days on the sea. And uh, it was in an island. He called me. He watched the cable broadcast in the island. He's been sick. He was poisoned for three years. He was sick. And then he watched the program. And God touched her. Uh, touched him. And he got healed. I told Pastor Gulag. A woman, I, 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 I brought the DVD. You, you watched it sometimes. The time I brought the DVD, she was pregnant. A pregnant woman, a pastor's wife. She had had issues two times um, through cesarean session. And um, this time she took him by mistake. And she thought she was going to die. She said, the doctor told her she was going to deliver by cesarean session again. And said, she said, oh, she was going to die. Then she watched the program. In another Muslim area in Edo State, in the state where I am, in Aochi, that area is Muslim. But there are pastors just starting a new work there. 
and uh, she, she hadn't grown in faith very well. Then she watched Pastor Gula's program, and then, you know, they were excited. I, sh- I brought the DVD. You, mo- you must have watched it. Then she told me she was going to do that. She's afraid that she doesn't want to be operated anymore. I told her, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. She believed. Two days to her date of delivery, according to what the doctor said, she fell into labor. She was shaking. I told her, you are not going to go to hospital for operation. The Hebrew women, before the midwives came, they were delivered. I said, you are going to deliver like the Hebrew women. Two days to the day they gave to her, she fell into labor. Even before anybody could come, she had put to birth. No more. I can go on and go on and go on and go on, but that's not today is not the day for the testimony. Before I leave back uh, for Nigeria, I will give you details of testimonies of God, God is using this church, Pastor Gulak, and all of you to do in Africa. The broadcast, the broadcast is now going to um, 52 nations in Africa and part of Asia. And in fact, very soon, you can be watching it in Canada in a, a station we call Galaxy. There's Galaxy TV in Canada. And they are working on uh, a, the opportunity to, for you to watch it here. When they are broadcasting your program in, in Nigeria, you will be privileged to watch it. But even now, Pastor Gulak and those of you who can watch it, you, are watching, you can watch it on your computer when the program is on. You can watch it. It can, it can give you the channel. You, when, when you are preaching over there, you can, you can watch it. And that's what God is doing. But I will tell you my pain later, not today. I will tell you my pain. But my word to you this evening, I'm going to share with you uh, briefly from the word of God. Our responsibility in the gospel. Our responsibility. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity. I thank you for your people. Thank you for the Ark Fellowship. Thank you for these disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you for these servants of God that, Lord, have yielded themselves to make the sacrifice of preaching the gospel even beyond their horizon. I pray that, Lord, as I shared tonight, let this word speak to somebody. Let this word challenge somebody. Let this word bring healing upon somebody. Let this word bring revival in the heart of somebody. That, Lord, we will have the privilege of being your servants in this generation 
to reach the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please, I'd like you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 10, Acts 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. How God, okay, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. To me, that scripture is loaded. The anointing that we have received is not for us to sit in the church and feel comfortable. The anointing is not just to feel good worshiping God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Since I came here, I've been enjoying your worship. You practically, every service, you bring the power of God down. You bring the power of the Holy Spirit down through worship. I feel the presence of God, even here tonight. And I know somebody who came here with an ailment tonight. You're going to walk out of this door tonight healed. Because the presence of God is already here. Amen, church. But you see, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and he, he went about doing good. One, healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. If we allow God to be with us, we will do the miraculous. We will do extraordinary things for God. Amen. Secondly, I'd like us to read Nehemiah. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament, chapter 1. Verses 1 to 5. Nehemiah Am I too fast? <laughs> Chapter 1. 1 to 5. Can we get that, sister? Nehemiah? All right. The words of Nehemiah, the sons of Hekaliah, 
it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the city there, too, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Three, see what he said. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province that are, are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. For so it was, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Five. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Chapter 2, 1 to 5. Continue. Chapter 2, 1 to 5. You see, Nehemiah had this passion and he had this burden for his country. Even though he was in a privileged position, he was serving in the king's palace. He was the cupbearer. But when they told him about the situation or what was happening, he wept, he fasted, he prayed. You probably heard that Ebola disease came to Nigeria. And um, it was a one man from Liberia brought it, Patrick Sawyer. And um, obviously, it's like the man was sent by the kingdom of darkness to come and spread that disease to kill Nigerians. Because in the airport, they discovered he had this disease. They rushed him and uh, they took him to hospital. They quarantined him so that he could not spread it. But the man got out of his bed when, you know, nobody was uh, too close. And with the blood that they were dripping on his body, he got up and he started spilling the blood all over the place. That was how that um, medical uh, personnel, the, uh, the, the woman, pursued after him and got herself soaked with that blood, and she died. She risked her life in order to save the life of majority of Nigerians. A few people died, but to God be the glory, after some time, Nigeria was able to contain it. They were asking me, somebody was asking me, how did Nigeria contain Ebola? In fact, America sent, American government sent delegates to Nigeria after to find out what happened. What happened was that when that thing came, 
all Nigerian churches filled with the Holy Spirit prayed. It was not medicine that stopped it. It was prayers. Until today, Ebola is not in Nigeria. When we pray, God will do something. Amen. And I'm, I, I, as I'm here this morning, myself, Pastor Gulok, uh, Pastor Mike, is it Elder Mike? Is it Mike? Michael, yes. We prayed because today they are doing debate. They want to select president. If you pray, God will give the next president God is going to give to America will be a God-fearing president. A president that will respect the word of God. A president that will be concerned about the salvation of souls in the name of Jesus. I prayed for that this morning and I know God is going to answer our prayer in Jesus' name. And it came to pass in the month Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. Two. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but the sorrow of heart. I became dreadful. Or I know the remaining story. What I want to say to you here, since I came here, this is my first time of coming to the United States of America. Pastor Gulok has been so good. He took me around so many places to make me see how God has blessed America. Truly, indeed, God has blessed you. I went to the medical center. The, the thing that amazed me most your medical center, all the hospitals there. I took pictures. I'm going to show my people the difference between <laughs> an African country and America. <laughs> it's so wonderful. And you know, I now understand why people who come to America will not want to go back to Africa. We need prayers. Truly speaking, I'm not joking. There's, there's a terrible terror attack in Nigeria. I brought the DVD. You can watch it. Some of the men have watched it. Where you see these terrorists, they will go to the church, bring everybody out, renounce Jesus Christ, and accept Allah, or you die. And our Christian brethren say, no, we will never renounce Jesus Christ. If you want to kill us, kill us. And they say, okay, you die. They dug a mass grave, and they lined them up, one after the other. The people will go there by themselves. These brethren, they will lie down. One terrorist will march the leg. The other one will march the head. Then the third one will be caught in the neck. You will see blood, and then they will be shaking. Then they will push them into the grave and struggle, and they die. There are so many 
terrible things. They go to villages in the night, 2 a.m. in the night. They will set the whole village ablaze. When people are running, they are macheting them, they are shooting them and killing them. This is what is happening in my country right now. And um, Nigerian churches, we've been praying. We're sending help. Many of the people have been displaced from their villages. And uh, you see, why I came is to appeal to you that we need this television ministry. Because right now, you cannot practically go and carry your Bible to those areas and say you want to preach the gospel. But they must watch the television. They must watch the television, even in their bedrooms. I have been begging Pastor Goodluck. This is not what I want to preach tonight, but let me just share it. I can't, I can't hold it back. I can't hold it back. When Pastor Goodluck started the television ministry over there, we started locally. It was on um, a TV station we call AIT. That reach was not going uh, far beyond one state. I told him that, Pastor Gulag, if you can make a little bit more of a, a higher sacrifice, I can take you into another TV that can go to five states. And uh, the money, okay, we did almost the, uh, the same amount. And then he, he agreed, he made the sacrifice, and we entered. And we are now reaching five states. And people were being blessed. People were getting healed. People were getting saved. Uh, all my phone would be, uh, as soon as the broadcast is over, my phone would be busy. My wife's phone would be busy. We have five, we have five uh, phone uh, numbers that we give to people to pray with people, lead them to Christ after the broadcast. And then... Um, when I saw what was happening, I suggested to Good Luck that we can go international. That's how we enter the international. And when Pastor Good Luck saw international broadcast, he could now reach all the nations in Africa. And uh, he was very happy. He said, I prefer this one. But you know the problem? He now stopped the local one. He said he could not afford to preach for the local. And you see, the cable uh, TV broadcast is for only the middle class. The, the common people, you understand what I'm saying? The poor people, the grassroots people cannot afford that. Okay? They cannot afford cable. I don't know whether you have cable here. It's only for the middle class, upper class. They can buy the cable, put their satellite dish, and then they can watch. The local people depend on the local station. So I pleaded with Pastor Gulok. I know you are reaching more, more nations, but these, na these people over there in the sea, in Sierra Leone, in Kenya, in South Africa, I cannot reach them. I cannot follow them up. Somebody give his life to Christ. You need to follow them up and invite them to church and see whether they are really abiding or not. I can't reach them. We can't reach them. Myself and Brother Paul. We can't anymore. 
because you have stopped that broadcast. I come here to beg you to please help us restore that broadcast. That reach that will reach our local people. That I can monitor. Like that was what was going on where I was able to get the guy whose hand was paralyzed. He dropped out of school because he got accident and his hand right hand paralyzed, but uh, thank God. And then he watched the, the, the he watched the TV inside an interior village. And then he got healed. And he traveled. He followed the address on the screen and he located our church. So this, the, then, since then, you know, as God healed him, he went back to school. God used Pastor Gulak to pay his school fees, <laughs> pay the fees. As I'm talking to you, he has written his final exam, he has graduated. He said, I should thank you. <laughs> so so now, now he can get a job and take care of himself and his family. Now he can write with the hands. Yeah. He wasn't able to use the hand. That's why he dropped out of school. But the miracle happened. Now he can write. He has written his final exam. He has graduated. He said, I should thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to plead with you. The passion in my heart, like that of Nehemiah, is that our people need your help. Right now, uh, I belong to um, the Pentecostal movement in Nigeria. In our state, I w- we have the, the body that controls the... Christian body in the state. I am the assistant general secretary of that body in our state. And I, I can tell you, right now, there are so many people displaced from the terrorist uh, environment. I have no more homes. Many of them, many children, young children, they don't have any parents again. In fact, there's a, a, a boy that he brought to my state, uh, a, a pastor, Pastor Fulon Shaw Solomon. Pastor Goodlock was even the person to, to, uh, that informed me about him first on, on internet. He saw. He, gathered, he went to the north and gathered all these children that their parents have been killed by Boko Haram. Uh, their peer, one, one of them, one of them, let me just tell you of one, a, a boy of about um, six years. They brought him with his father from the church. And they asked him, have you seen meat be slaughtered? Have you seen goat be slaughtered? Am I, am I saying it well? The boy said yes. He said, just watch. You will see your father in pieces. They carried the boy's father. They started cutting him. These people are not human beings. In the presence of the boy, they didn't even start with the neck. They cut off his hands, cut off his legs, cut his thigh, cut his head, tore his 
tummy open and they, they heard the boy to see his father being slaughtered and cut into pieces of meat. That boy up to now, it's almost um, more than um, five months, he still cannot sleep well. If he closes his eyes, he will see his father being slaughtered. These are the things that are going on. And now we are gathering materials. Uh, the, the Christian body in Nigeria, we are all gathering materials to go and sustain these people. We buy, we send them clothes, send them food, and then we preach the gospel. We gather them, we preach the gospel to them. And uh, there is, it's not, you cannot imagine what is going on. And I, 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 I'm, I'm pleading with you. One thing you can do is to pray. What is our responsibility in all this? Number one, you cannot come to Nigeria, you can pray. It's not only in Nigeria. Now, you, you all know what is going on in Europe. Europe is full of refugees coming from Syria, coming from um, um, uh, uh, Libya, coming from Egypt, coming from Mali, coming from Sudan, coming from Nigeria. Many of them are dying in the Mediterranean Sea because of overloading of the boats. People are dying everywhere. And now Europe is tired. They want to start coming to your country. But do you know one thing? Nigeria has a population of 170 million people. Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa. There is no country, if war starts in our nation, there is no country that will have space to carry, to contain our people. I, I, I go to Ghana every time. Ghana's population is just 24 million. I've been to Cameroon. Cameroon is just 20 million. I've been to South Africa. South Africa is about 30-something or 40-something uh, million. There's no country as populated as Nigeria. So if there's war in Nigeria, no place for people to go. And that's why we need you to pray for us that the issue of Boko Haram will end. So as children of God here, but one thing, our responsibility, you can pray. If you cannot go, you can pray for us. And not only us, you can pray for America. You can pray for America. You know why? America is blessed because America were the first people to be sending out missionaries to Africa, to all parts of the world. That's why God is blessing you. And you keep doing that. Number two, America responds to any area of disaster in the world. What doesn't concern them, they will carry it on their head. I don't know whether you understand. That's the way we say it in Nigeria. You will carry the problem of other people on your head. You send uh, Red Cross there. You send food aids. You send medicine. You, send, you, 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 you do a lot of things. And that's why God has blessed you. So I'm going to ask you to continue. You give to support the poor. We're, right now in Nigeria, we have many widows. We have many children who have, who are, who have no, no, no place to go. And your prayers will help us. Anyhow, even if you don't send us money, 
support the gospel. Because right now, let me tell you this, because the Muslims right now, they are fed up with Islam. They have seen that these Islam people have been deceiving them, and now they want a religion that will save their lives, and that is Christianity. So, if we cannot carry Bible there, we cannot carry tracts to go and share to them, we can support the television ministry. Where they are, they will worship. And God can use you. God can use that program to get many souls converted. And once they receive Christ, peace will come. Many people were thinking that Nigeria we break to pieces by this election. What prevented the war? The Muslims have imported arms from Russia, from, from Pakistan, from everywhere. They were ready to fight. They were ready to shed blood if they did not win the election. But we prayed. And God touched our president. President Gulag Jonathan said, the blood of one Nigerian is more important to him than the position of a president. He said, instead of anybody to kill any Nigerian because of him, he would rather step down. That's why Dama stepped down. And that's why Nigeria is still intact. That's why we have peace. So prayer can do a lot of things. This election that is coming up in America, don't fold your arms. Ark fellowship, God is counting on you. God is counting on you, counting on Pastor Andy, counting on Pastor Goodluck, Pastor Angelas, uh, where's my youth pastor? Oh, God is counting on every one of us to play our part. Outside praying, outside supporting uh, uh, television ministry, you can send us materials. There are many pastors that need training. They have passion for the work, but they are ignorant. I, I, I show Pastor, uh, Pastor Mrs. Uh, Angela. I'm involved in a group where we make sacrifices every year to organize an international conference. We bring pastors from different places, villages, together to show them how they can package the gospel anywhere they are. We have been doing that for, we make sacrifices, we contribute, we deny ourselves. Uh, some of us have sold our cars to be able to do that. And then um, we've we, we been doing it for uh, 14 years. We just did the 15th one. I should have been here since July, but because of that conference, I couldn't come. So, and God is using that tremendously. We have responsibility. Let me tell you this. God so loved the world that he gave. There is no way you can express love without giving. God so loved what motivated God to give his only son was because of the passionate love not willing that anyone should perish. He showed his love to us when we did not deserve it. 
God commended this love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Pastor Golan was preaching on Sunday. He mentioned the word that God has given us that same ministry of reconciliation to reconcile the world back to himself. The devil does not own any one of us. We all belong to God. Am I right? The devil never created anybody. He cannot have any claim over any one of us. We are all children of God. And my brethren, what I'm telling you, now that we know, now that we have been saved, now that we understand that we are Christians, what happens to our brethren that have not known God? God is counting on me. God is counting on you. And can I tell you this? That is the only thing you can do for God that will make God happy. That is the legacy you can leave for the kingdom. That is the sacrifice you need to do, make in order to please the heart of God. God is not interested in our palaces. God is not interested in our cars. God is not interested in how much food we are able to eat or give to people. You can feed the poor. You can clothe them. But if they are not converted, they go to hell. All your food, your clothing, your money, your sacrifice to make them live better life, you know, eat a lot of food, wear good clothes, and their souls are not converted, you just wasted your time. I don't know whether I'm making sense. So the best thing, the, the thing that matters most is to rescue the people from darkness. The Bible says in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, from verse 13. Look at it. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light is dawn. Amen. This gospel is the only thing that can bring light. The Bible says, in him was life. And the life, light was the life of men. I mean, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot overpower it, cannot subdue it, cannot comprehend it, cannot understand it, cannot overshadow it. Can I tell you something about light? Light is one of the things that God has given to us as our weapon to fight the evil one. This year, 2015, is a year of triple grace. Five stands for grace. And you see, grace, grace 
brought us salvation. And you look at the number five. Our senses are five. Am I right? We have five senses. All right? Our smelling, tasting, hearing, okay? Seeing and feeling. Touch. Why did God give us five senses? With our senses, we can know what is happening in our environment, okay? We can be conscious of what is happening around us. Do you know that every weapon God has given to us to fight the kingdom of darkness and also for us to live a simple Christian life, they are all written in five. The name of Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. And the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. The name of Jesus is one of our weapons. Am I right? Okay. What about faith? Without faith, no man can please God. How many letters? Five. You are the light of the world. Light. How many letters? Five. Let your light so shine, shine, shine before men. Shine. How many letter words? Five. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power. How many letter words? Five. The glory of God is covering you. Glory. In fact, Psalm 60, I mean, Isaiah 60, arise and shine. Arise, five letters. And shine, shine, five letters. For the light, light, five letters, is come. And the glory, glory, five letters, is risen, risen, five letters upon you. Peace. How many letters? The peace of God that passes on understanding. Peace, five letters. Mercy, five letters. If you are showing mercy, you have peace of mind, you exercise your faith, you call the name of Jesus, you release your power, no power in the kingdom of darkness can stand you. Can I hear amen, somebody? So, God has written it in our fine fingers. Our toes are five. Our senses are five. To tell you that you have peace. You can call on the name of Jesus anytime. Grace is five letter word. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. You have all this. When you understand what you have, you will not be afraid of the kingdom of darkness. Praise the living God. So God has already played his part. Then what is your own part? God is counting on you. You know, Jesus is no longer here. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go. We have to go for Jesus. Amen. We have to go for Jesus. How 
he has equipped us with the anointing. As many as received it, to them give him power to become the sons of God. And then he said, I give you power to tread upon serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So our responsibility is to go. Go for Jesus. Go for Jesus. Go for Jesus. Let your money go. Let your prayer go. Let your message go. Let your materials go. When you do that, you are transferring your physical inheritance into eternal inheritance. When you do that, God will bless you. God bless you in Jesus' name.